So every time that we end up doing research on some kind of topic, I always end up finding something that stands out to me that I have to mention on these shows. <laughs> like it happens every time. What did you find this week? So in Circuit Zandvoort, in the original Grand Prix circuit from 1948 to 1971, the old school one, it shows the fastest lap times for the different racing series. Jackie Ick or Jackie Ick, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, had the fastest lap in Formula One. But in the Group 2 racing series, the fastest lap was held by a young Helmut Marco. <laughs> oh, boy. The man, the myth, the legend right there, huh? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, this week, I think we're just going to talk about the kind of the history of the, the Dutch Grand Prix. It's separated history, as we found, by quite a bit of time. A little bit about the track, uh, what we think going into 2023. And we have some fan mail to go over towards the end of this uh, episode. Welcome to Turn One, a Formula One podcast. and jeremiah welcome back to another race preview with your turn one host jeremiah and thomas circuit von zanvoort as it was formerly known in the netherlands home of max verstappen one of his home races and we'll actually talk about this when we get to our fan mail section but uh one of what we would consider max's three home races but some might <laughs> consider max to have five home races and i've never thought about it like that but it certainly could be viewed as him having five home races Jeremiah, you know that I love atmosphere. I've talked about it so many times in the brief history of our podcast. And Circuit Zanvoort does not disappoint. Do you know where Circuit Zanvoort is located? Like kind of in the the space of the Netherlands? I'm not going to lie to you, man. You're putting me on the spot here. I have no idea. It is on basically the beach uh, of the Atlantic Ocean in between or whatever they call the strait in between like europe and england and it's super sandy and there's dunes and if you're somebody that's familiar with golf picture like a lynx golf course and it kind of looks like that in the surrounding areas but that's what makes this track special it looks nothing like the other f1 tracks on the circuit one there's bank turns there's sand there's dunes there's mounds the the bleachers are kind of constructed into the dunes and so it kind of blends into the uh the setting I love everything about this track, especially the uniqueness of those corners and turns. Yeah. As we stated earlier, we tried to look at some of the history of the Dutch Grand Prix T come to find out there's huge gap just, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about that right now, kind of the circuit history and why there is this massive gap in its time frame here. So for those that don't know, 2021 was realistically the first year that it came back. They tried to come back in 2020, but with COVID, they took it back and tried again next year. I mean, essentially everybody did that for COVID. But coming back, they've only had one winner. This match for Stappen, repeat winner back to back. Uh, so the real history of this race, we have to go back to 1985. 
1985 is when we're finally going to get to see where these actual races were held or not held, but um, how they played out. Nikki Lauda being the very most recent winner in 1985 for the McLaren team. And the year before, guess who? Uh, Not Lewis Hamilton. No, 1984. It wasn't Lewis Hamilton. Frost. Yes, Alan Prost for McLaren. So this was, if you remember, before they started to dive into the Alan Prost and um, Ayrton Senna rivalry over at McLaren, it was Nicky Lauda first. And so it was Nicky Lauda and Alan Prost. So the fact that he got one in 84 and Nicky got one in 85, I think that was really cool. Really surprised that we don't see like Nigel Mansell's name pop up on that list, right? Not Nigel Mansell, but the list is phenomenal of race winners here. It's like everybody that was ever a legend in formula one has at least won this race once rattle off a few of the, the previous winners of this race. I'll start old Alberto Ascari, <laughs> the, the man, the myth, the legend, 1950s, Jim Clark's won this thing four times. Jackie Stewart's won this Jack Brabham, Graham Hill, Sterling Moss, Nikki Lauda, James Hunt, Jackie Stewart, Mario Andretti. I mean, Nelson PK, I could keep going max for Stappen. Yeah. Well, so these guys were all racing back in the original Grand Prix circuit at Circuit Zandvoort, which is crazy different from the circuit that we've watched the past two years. And while we were doing some digging on this, normally when a track makes some upgrades or renovations, right, they do little tweaks, they change a turn, they change a chicane, they add something, right? No, Zandvoort did a full starting from scratch, almost redesign of their track because of that kind of gap that they had in their history. So after 1985, they stopped running the F1 races there because the town of Zandvoort had been closing in around the track and it suddenly became unsafe to renovate the track. They couldn't upgrade it. They couldn't, they couldn't, there was noise pollution. And so they're like, Hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to redevelop this track and can roll out something entirely new. Right. So in 1985 or 1986, rather, the company that was actually over the Zanvoort track just went out of business casually, no longer have money. Sorry, can't do anything. And then that's when this other team came in and bought it over. I can't remember the name of the company, but that's when that whole story of the renovations and the the kind of the area around it started to get bigger. So the noise pollution, all those complaints, that's when those renovations started. The problem with that was by the time they actually had it renovated and ready to go, Formula One had kind of moved on to running some other tracks. And if you're not familiar with how tracks work in F1, there's contracts involved in certain terms. And so they couldn't come back to Zandvoort immediately. And they picked up the conversation in the 90s about returning to Zandvoort. But by that point, the Zandvoort track that they had redeveloped didn't fit current F1 standards. <laughs> So they had to completely redesign it again. Meanwhile, the town and everything around it is still closing in and getting bigger. So that leads to the crazy compact tight turn bank turn track that we see today versus the original wide open, expansive, more oval or square shaped track of the original one, the town and the politics and the company going bankrupt all led to the unique track that we have today, which you know what, if it's going to go some way, that's probably a really cool way to do it. Right. Well, if we are going to talk about the historic nature of the track and the cool design that we have, let's talk about some of these turns. I'll, I, <laughs> First off, I have to name this turn. Turn one, it's Tarzan Corner. It's actually Tarzan Botcher, but I, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. And I don't want to sound like rude, but 
Tarzan sure. Corner. One of the many stories of how it got its name is historic, dude. It's legendary. If I, I wish that I could have a corner named after me for this exact reason. He, the story goes that this corner was reportedly named after a local guy there who had earned a nickname of Tarzan. That's what they called him. And he didn't want to give up his vegetable garden in the dunes to the Trek designers. And the only way he was going to do it is if they named the nearby corner after him. Hence, Tarzan Corner. And it almost makes you wonder why they just couldn't rip up his vegetable garden and they caved to his demands of having this a dude. This dude strong-armed the FIA track, or not the FIA, but the track designers. You've got to wonder if there was some, I mean, there's got to be a reason he's got the name Tarzan. So maybe they didn't want to go up against right. this guy. <laughs> so I will say other corners around this track that are pretty cool. Turns 13, 14, that's 19 degrees of banking. And turn three as well, 19 degrees of banking. That's insane, dude. We talked about this kind of whenever we talked about the Indianapolis. Yeah. What was that? The the U.S. Grand Prix of 05 yeah. or something like that. I can't remember what year. Regardless, the banking can really tear up these cars. It adds a whole different dynamic. You carry more speed going into the corner. It's There's so many different variables that now you have to consider because of things like this. I'm really surprised how they how Pirelli pulls this off of the tires because just like Jeremiah mentioned, the 05 Grand Prix turn 13 at Indianapolis was tearing up those Michelin tires. And how do we suddenly kind of have it figured out to where like banked walls and a ton of pressure going onto one side of the car, one particular wheel doesn't tear up the tires? It it's weird how they've been able to develop the tires in a way to where they still wear so that you have to have pit stop strategies, but they don't wear under banked loads i don't i don't get it <laughs> it's way above our pay grade <laughs> oh you know just scrolling through here i wasn't going to talk about this because i just now came across this but in june they're holding the dutch Tourenwagen masters dude like it's coming to Zandvoort. we got to go to one of those dutch tour wagon things we're gonna mention them in every single episode and i have no idea why it's not like i'm infatuated with the cars the drivers it's, it's the just name. The name and the fact that we just keep seeing it pop up. So let's move into a little bit of modern day. Obviously, Max has won the past two. That's par for the course at this point. Um, as of we're recording this, we've only had two practice sessions, right? So we've got a little bit of data to go off of. Um, is it safe to say that we both expect Max to win this? Or do you see him having some competition? Come on now. Do we have to say that? They have them. They produce the most downforce. And even on the straight, they have the fastest straight line speed anyway. I mean, it's not really going to be a competition, unfortunately. Yeah, Circuit Zandvoort. Again, if you don't have a picture in your mind of this track, I encourage you to look it up. Or whenever race day starts or if you're watching qualifying, watch the helicopter or drone shots that they do of the track. It's wild, and it's way more technical. I don't know if it's the most technical track on the on the schedule. Monaco could be up there. There's some others. But it's definitely one of the most technical because it's not wide open. You're not flying, you know, full speed most of the time. You're having to dive bomb certain corners, get back into the racing line, prepare yourself for the next corner. It's constant break and throttle. And the Red Bull just excels at everything. And I don't know if we've seen maybe McLaren, you would say, is the next closest competitor just based on how Lando's done in the practices. I don't know if we've seen that McLaren under this type of technical pressure since their upgrades. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out, especially with them being, like you said, being so hot and kind of coming into their own right now. And plus, everybody's still working on their current car. Red Bull's the only one that's pretty much shut down operations. So I you know did want to mention, 
Um, we have Max Verstappen with the two race victories here. He doesn't have the fastest lap. That was set by Lewis Hamilton with a minute and 11 seconds. And that's pretty crazy because I was looking at some of these other numbers. Like, for example, just the Porsche Cup where it's souped up Porsches, which are already meant to be fast cars, minute and 37 seconds. So these guys are flying. And it's like you had talked about. It's a very technical track. So they're going through all of these corners way faster than any other car. It's kind of scary. The, those supercar times, you might be wondering, like, how does a supercar time apply to an F1 time? And and usually it doesn't. But if there's a track that is a full speed track, like Austria, maybe versus a track that's technical, the time differences are greater. So if you look at supercars versus F1 cars at Austria, the gap is much closer together because those supercars don't have the downforce packages that the F1 cars do. But a track like right. Circuit Zandvoort, it's 20 plus seconds because they don't have that ability to be as technical. Um, I'll say my biggest surprise, I think, out of the practices, and, and we'll, we'll see if this pays off going into qualifying and obviously into race day, what do we always think of Alex Albon and his Williams? That What's he overperforms his... the car. Overperforms the car, and he's fast, right? Like, he runs fast in the Williams. Yeah, 100%. How is he getting fifth and third in the free practice sessions in a technical track? Yeah, I mean, we yeah, especially with the Williams being known for its straight-line speed, not yeah. so much its corner speed. It's a weird thing. You do have to remember it's practice sessions, so it's not going to tell the full story. We still have a lot more to see, and obviously the faster cars aren't going to be running their best packages quite yet, but it's cool to see a Williams doing really good on such a technical track. This is what we've talked about wanting to see out of like a Joe Guan Yu or a Yuki Sonoda. Alex Albon, we know the Williams is not a great car, and he's constantly up there at least, right? He's in the mix. He's being talked about, so that's encouraging to see. I agree with Jeremiah. I, I think Max runs away with this. We could be surprised by a McLaren um, or a Mercedes. I kind of see Aston Martin dipping out of the battle at this point, kind of for the rest of the year, unless they just roll out some kind of crazy upgrade, although they've already upgraded once this year. Um, but you can see the standings on on both of our sides. I have the driver standings, or I have the constructor standings. Jeremiah has the driver standings. Red Bull's running away and Max is running away. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no one really in the mix for those spots at this point. No, I, I mean, the only time we're going to see anything standings wise, the only thing we're going to see is pretty much two and down and even Sergio is starting to get a pretty decent gap going. But as far as the racing, we still haven't seen a, um, a Max Verstappen DNF. So. I mean, I don't want to be that guy that puts that kind of energy out in the air, but. We haven't seen it, so there is still a chance that we could see a different win from somebody else. We haven't, seen, we haven't seen Red Bull lose a race, have we? Mm -mm. Dude, the pressure that Christian Horner is feeling Dude, right now. They're going on a full-blown McLaren back in the 80s season, or 90s. That's ridiculous. This is, I mean, it's the equivalent of the undefeated NFL season, right? Like, it's only happened once because it's so hard to do, and this is even harder because it's really never happened 22 yeah. something races that you take them all oh man okay anything else that you want to cover for what we expect out of this year no not so much oh i am always excited one more thing about atmosphere it's going to be another orange smoke race <laughs> and we saw this was it last year when they threw the smoke grenade on the track was that zanvort that was Zanvort, and I think it was last oh, no. season. <laughs> no. I hate it, and I love it all at the same time because it's hey, just chaos. 
y'all behave out there. Yep, just you know, they're going to a race. Act like a professional. <laughs> All right, we wanted to wrap up this preview um, with our first instance of fan mail. We have not. Um, this is our first big email that we've received from a, a fan that's been commenting on a couple of our videos, and uh, she was nice enough uh, to write us out a full um, list of things about the track and the history in the area. She herself uh, lives in Amsterdam and has frequented the track several times and knows the the, the location and a lot of things about it. So um, shout out to her. If she wants us to mention her name, we will. Um, just let us know in another email if you're okay with <laughs> us sharing your name. Uh, but I didn't want to do that and share your location all at the same time. So just certainly let us know. But she wrote out, like I said, this awesome series of emails to us that really just dove us into the world of learning about Circuit Zanvor and it's something that we should be doing for, I think every race and every F1 fan should be doing is the kind of research that she did on this. Something that we struggle with here in the U S is understanding the mechanics of how you go to a race in somewhere else. That's not in the U S like we can look up Coda tickets. We can look up Miami and Vegas tickets. We can figure out how much that costs, but finding stuff that's international is a little bit more difficult because there's conversion rates. And sometimes the websites don't work just depending on what country you're in. She lists out that they expect over 100,000 people per day at the track between the practices, qualifying, and races, which is crazy for how small of an area this is. The ticket prices uh, for like a kind of premium seat are currently, or at the time, 1,100 euros, which is over 1,200 US dollars. And like the general admission seats are going for 620 euros or about 700 US, which We've seen that here. Like it's crazy how how expensive it is to go to a Formula One event. She also took the time to like do the research as to where the team stay. She found that last year Max Verstappen and Kelly Piquet took residence in Amsterdam for the entire weekend. They stayed at a very nice hotel, the Conservatorium Hotel. Um, she listed out how all the residents there are walking and biking, and it's a very outdoor active city. And so the drivers kind of take part in this in the weekend. So if you're out there visiting in the Amsterdam area, you might see Yuki Sonoda scootering by, I don't know, in, in downtown Zandvoort or something like that. Well, I don't know if it's going to be Yuki Sonoda. Just she also, she went in depth in this thing, man. It was awesome. She told us that this, it's all, it's said that this year or the Red Bull team will take residence in a slightly posh area of town. It's a beach town named Nordwick. I don't know anything about it, but I thought that was a cool little tidbit there. So you probably won't see Yuki Sonoda out there. Yuki's going to be out there in Nordwick. A couple other things that I like. She mentioned that Zanvoort is often promoted as Amsterdam's beach. And it reminded me of how, so we're in the, you know, we're in North Texas and here we have the Dallas Cowboys, but the Dallas Cowboys play in Arlington, which is yep. like a good 30, 40 minute drive from Dallas. And they practice in Frisco, which is like an hour from Dallas. <laughs> and she mentioned that Zanvoort is about a 25 minute train ride away from actual Amsterdam. So like, you go to Amsterdam thinking, oh, beach town, it's going to be great. And then you've got to get on a train for half an hour to actually get out to the beach. Uh, the last couple of things on here, the town of Zandvoort and this whole area of kind of northwest uh, Amsterdam in the Netherlands has a crazy history behind it. Emperors, empresses, betrayals. It seems like something you read about in a Shakespeare play uh, is how it was kind of read out. So certainly do some some looking into that the kind of final things were that 
we've always thought about going down Dakota and you see, it says, you know, Crofty and Brundle come on the broadcast and they say 450,000 weekend attendance. And you're like, okay, this is going to be insane. In the U S we have horrible public transportation. And so parking lots get full, you know, bus routes, Ubers, lifts gets full, all that. It's kind of nice to know that we're not the only place that experiences that because in her letter, she detailed how traffic is going to be a nightmare for all the patrons out to the race whether you're taking the train or the buses or you're driving there, there's going to be nothing but congestion. But she did recommend biking is a great way to go out there in uh, Zanvoort. Rightfully so, too. The countryside is absolutely gorgeous. I was scrolling through and Google Earth, and then I was looking at pictures that different tourists had taken. The, God, the layout is absolutely gorgeous out there. Uh, last note, I almost forgot. She mentioned that the Dutch national anthem is being played by uh, Andre Ryu and DJ Lafuente. And is this like, I don't want to sound cocky, but we're Americans. Is this, is the Dutch national anthem the F1 equivalent of like the US national anthem during the Olympics? <laughs> like everybody just gets so tired of hearing it all the Now they have to hear it like twice because well, yeah, they're. They're going to have to hear it back to back as soon as he crosses that finish line. We all know this. Because it's the home race and he's going to win. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you to our fan. Like I said, if you if you want us to call out your name, let us know in another email. Um, but you know who you are. Um, and we'll certainly share that on our next episode. If there's any other people out there, any other fans that want us to shout out a more in-depth version of when we do these previews of what your home race is, send us some information, do a little research. If not, just give us some quick little tidbits on some common things in the area that's that would be known for locals, but maybe not necessarily for us across the pond. Yep, we might be able to go down to Coda or maybe go out to Miami or Vegas one year, but it's gonna be a long time before we head to Circuit Zanvoort or we head to Interlagos or something like that. So if these are your home races, let us know what the scene is like because we want to know and we want to share that with people that probably will never get the chance to see it. Definitely. All right, guys, that is it for our 2023 Dutch Grand Prix preview. Join us after the race weekend for a nice little recap. Guys, if you think Helmet Marco can get out there and still do it and do it right, I want to see that and I'm inclined to believe you. All right, bye guys. Bye guys. <laughs>